It's another episode of Americana Station Podcast, and today we have Michael Bronfeld on with his new record, Driver. It came out in March. It's uh, cracked the top 100 on the Americana charts, and I think he said 32 on the folk charts. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit what's going on with me. I've been on the road all month, um, back and forth. I was in Louisiana, Indiana, Kentucky. I've been all over the place, um, going up to Minneapolis this weekend. Um, my record comes out this Friday. Living with Ghosts is uh, available worldwide on all streaming platforms. Uh, make sure you check out uh, this new app they got going on. It's called Guiding Star. Um, you can actually text 555-888. And uh, if you put Will Payne Harrison, no spaces in there, they will send you a welcome video with my pretty face and uh, more content, uh, digital content about my record. Um, so check that out, and uh, make sure you go to willpainharrison.com. You can pick up a CD at the show. We got all the merch in the world that you could ever desire. Um, and I'll be on the road uh, doing a bunch of stuff. I just uh, was at Finally Fridays. We talked about Michael being on Finally Fridays, uh, which is WMO2T Roots Radio um, here in Nashville. That was a lot of fun. And uh, after that, we loaded up the van and drove straight to Cincinnati, well, Newport, Kentucky, and played at uh, Southgate House Revival with my good friends Chelsea Ford and The Trouble and My Brother's Keeper. Great bluegrass bands up there in uh, Newport, Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Had a blast with that. Always have fun hanging out with uh, Chelsea and Jonathan Ford. And um, Next week I'm going to Minneapolis. Um, for the first time I'll be at Astor Cafe and I'll be at... Uh, Bent Paddle Brewing in Duluth and uh, Uncommon Ground with my friend from Nashville, who's originally from Chicago, Layla Frankel. So we got a lot going on there, and Americana Fest just revs up its engines after that, uh, doing a showcase at Bowery Vault. And the Monday after Americana Fest, I will be at uh, the local here in Nashville as well, doing the local brew with Anna Lee, uh, and that'll be so much fun. Uh, I, I got the chance to talk to Anna Lee a little bit last week, and uh, she I'm, I'm hoping to get her on the podcast because we had a great time uh, just talking about interviewing people, and um, she's fun to talk to, so we'll see if we can't snag her for an off-the-rails at some point here. Um, but yeah, Michael Bronfield has uh, been doing the radio campaign tour and pushing this new album out which is fantastic and uh he's been getting a lot of traction on his single driver as well as uh malin which is my favorite track on the record um make sure you follow him on spotify and apple music but uh, even more importantly go pick up his new record um at his website i believe it's michaelbronfeld.com and um why don't we uh, get into this guy here? Let's let, let's find out a little bit more about Michael. Well, this is a fun side note. Right after I just said that, uh, my computer actually crashed, and uh, it hasn't been working properly for about uh, two to three weeks. Um, so <laughs> two weeks now. So my uh, album is actually out, and uh, unfortunately, I, I must apologize to Michael Bronfeld and his team uh, for taking so long on this. Um, but there were some crazy updates with uh, I use Windows, and I know all you people who use Mac are going to talk some smack. That's fine. But um, after this new Windows update, it uh, did not sync up well with my uh, recording platform and uh, crashed my computer. 
So I apologize for taking so long to get this out. Um, it has been a long time coming, and uh, we will be catching up because I have four podcasts, and I actually thought I lost them all, and uh, thank God I did not. So we have um, Laura Mae Socks is coming up. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna probably put these out uh, pretty rapid fire every couple of weeks. Um, we also have uh, Callie McCullough. And um, Mercy Bell is uh, coming out with an album in October, which is really exciting. So I've got a lot of uh, catching up to do because of this uh, whole debacle. So uh, hold on tight. And uh, here we go. This is Michael Braunfeld, uh, much anticipated. And I'm excited to finally be able to put this out for you guys. Michael Braunfeld is first and foremost a storyteller. His songs capture the everyday triumphs and struggles of ordinary people. His characters, though trapped in particular circumstances of their own lives, appeal to the universal audience. Michael was welcomed into the Writer's Night family at the Bluebird Cafe in 2014 and was named finalist in the Grassy Hill Kerrville New Folk Festival competition in 2016, 18, and 19. From sold-out listening rooms to main stages at festivals, whether solo or with his band, The Boneyard Hounds, Michael is delighting old fans and winning over new audiences at every stop. It's a long, hard road from San Antonio to home. Sometimes you gotta make it on the road. Recorded at Morningstar Studio outside of Philadelphia, Driver was co-produced by two-time Grammy winner Glenn Barrett and Kyle Schwartzwelder. With the help from the Boneyard Hounds and some of the best studio musicians in the area, Michael Braunfeld has made the record that he has always wanted to make. From stripped-down folk to full-on rock and roll, there's a little bit of everything Michael is known for on the LP. Simply put, there's something for everyone on Driver. Without further ado, let's talk to Michael Braunfeld. Hey everyone, and welcome to Americana Station. Today on the podcast, I have Michael Braunfield with his new record, uh, which is right here with me, Driver, which is the first single. I was going to say Driver, but that's also the name of the first video. I didn't want to mess that up, and here I am. <laughs> um, so you uh, are playing Bluebird tomorrow? Uh, Sunday night, yeah. Which, by the time this comes out, that'll have already happened. But uh, who's in the uh, round with you? Or who's playing with you? You know, I don't know. They don't They don't release the writers. Uh, we, I think there's six other writers on the evening. I know Steve Seskin will be the, the feature guest at the end of the evening, but I won't know until I get there who's going to be with me. That's uh, that's pretty exciting. That'll be fun times. And um, you recently re- had your album released at Burlap and Bean in uh, Pennsylvania, and um, you had your backing band, the... The Boneyard Hounds. Boneyard Hounds with you. Um, how was that show? It was great, man. Whenever we get to do a whole band show together, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, it's just a, a hoot being up with the guys and, and making some noise with a Telecaster instead of an acoustic. So th- all those guys were also the backing band on the record? Yeah, they all appeared on, on the record. We had a couple studio musicians come in. Um, Kyle Schwartzwelder, who co-produced the album with Glenn Barrett, is uh, in the live band on bass. Uh, we went with a studio uh, a session player there. Um, and uh, and you, re- you recorded this in uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, at Morningstar Studios just outside Philadelphia. And who produced the record? Uh, Glenn Barrett, who uh, owns the studio along with Lizanne Nada, a great singer-songwriter, and uh, Kyle Schwartzwelder co-produced it. That's awesome. So what's your favorite song on the record? I, I know what mine is. Oh, man. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm probably going to go for a song that doesn't get a whole lot of attention and called Wonder at the end of it, uh, mainly acoustic track. I think there's only, I, I think there's a couple steel swells and an upright bass very low in the mix behind it, but it's just a, a, a real slow story song. Uh, what what does that mean to you? Like, what does the song mean to you? Is it a, is it a true story or is it? No, I, it's it's just a, a story of a, a woman uh, who's been married for a little while and you know figured that she had everything that she had ever asked for with a man she uh, wanted to be with and now you know several years into it is realizing maybe it wasn't all cracked up to be and is just wondering what comes next and those tend to be my favorite songs the the, the songs that I'm most proud of are character sketches or almost short stories yeah uh, with some chords behind them um they don't always uh, fare as well with with my fans as some of the louder stuff and the poppier stuff we do but you know in terms of what i'm most proud of that's that's what i hope to leave behind one day yeah it's it's hard to get a, a six minute ballad on <laughs> on the radio <laughs> you know um it, you know well you know maybe some of the some uh, npr stations but yeah as far as most terrestrial radio it's it's hard to get anything over three and a half minutes on there yeah it'll it'll happen every once in a while but it's it's always a nice surprise to see when it when it does so driver is the the lead track also for the record yes sir and um you've been you cracked the top 100 on the radio charts on the americana charts yeah we took uh folk up to 32 i think we maxed out at wow and we're top 100 on americana yeah that is really hard to do let me tell you um especially on the americana charts it's so crowded and uh that's that's really impressive i'm not gonna lie to get on the top 100 for that and uh you've been have you been touring a lot with the record we've been doing uh shows uh off and on i've been doing a lot of radio work and publicity work and you know all the promotional stuff the pr stuff that comes along with it so i was just down this way uh just a few weeks ago going through virginia and tennessee and kentucky doing a radio tour just hitting stations uh, a couple live shows here and there where i could strangle them up and then we get back to do some festival dates uh in uh, in august and you'll be doing that with the full band Yep. Yeah, the, the Boneyard Hounds will be doing an appearance at the Philadelphia Folk Festival, and they've also got me booked, uh, which I'm excited on a, on a songwriting workshop with Kathy Matei and a few other great writers uh, solo. But yeah, the band's looking forward to being out there. So uh, you were you actually here in town too doing the WMOT, the Finally Fridays as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a, a couple of weeks ago, that was a great show at 3rd and Lindsley. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, actually getting a chance to do that one uh, in August. I'm really excited about it. I've never played Third and Lindsay before. Fantastic, great room, great, and yeah. and man, what a what a great show. I mean, WMOT's got to be one of the best, if if not the best, Americana stations in the country. And you know, whenever I'm down here, which is quite a lot, the first thing I do in the car is is switch over. <laughs> 89.5, put it on. Yeah, they're actually my favorite. I mean, my that stays on in my car as i mentioned earlier you know besides the few cds that i have in my car i'm, I'm always listening to wmot it's a great radio station yeah really lucky to have it but you have uh, xpn which is awesome wxpn is yeah. fantastic can't say enough good things about it yeah have you uh the world cafe is out of wxpn right yep yeah have you ever had a chance to be on uh, I've, I've not I've played uh, there's a venue where the station is incorporated now but a little separate called World Cafe Live I've played the venue and, oh yeah uh, they've, they've got a great program uh, called The Key on WXBN which did a real nice feature for the album when it came out and 
they uh, they did some local picks with the songs and, and played the record a bunch, which which helped us uh, tremendously with that America kind of chart rating. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean down in Lafayette where I'm from, they played a lot of stuff off the WXPN, which is, so is how I heard about World Cafe and stuff like that. So it's all the way down there in Louisiana. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so what else have you got coming up the rest of the year? Um, I know you've got some more festival dates and uh, other things going on. Yeah, we've got some solo shows. Uh, again, the, the band will be at the Philadelphia Folk Festival, and then uh, September rolls around and turns into the, the folk conference season. So we'll be back down here for Americana Fest. All right. Uh, then to Austin for the Southwest Regional Folk Alliance, then to Grand Rapids, Michigan for uh, the Farm uh, Conference. and uh, New Orleans? Uh, yeah, I'll be in New Orleans in, in January and uh, what Stamford, Connecticut for the Northeast Regional before that. So, yeah, a lot of time on the road. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just shaking hands and getting the CD into uh, into people's hands, you know. This is a great record. I, I've been listening to it the last few weeks. It's um, it's really good. Um, Thank you. I think I said the name of the song wrong, but it's Malin. Uh, track three on the record is probably one of my favorites. I just, just it, I mean, that's a fantastic song and very... Uh, catchy melodic and the lyrics are great um and i i want to ask you what some of your influences are i know we talked before we started recording and you mentioned towns and guy yeah absolutely um is springsteen in there at all much later much later so i mean i, I was introduced to towns and guy clark as as a boy and immediately just just fell into that you know their their ability to tell these these stories and their songs and their poetry was just something you know i don't think anybody's ever going to touch no matter how hard we try and you know i had been familiar probably around that age with you know what what bruce springsteen had been doing in the early 80s um and, and i liked it um yeah. but you know i man i guess probably like 10 15 years ago i discovered nebraska and yeah and yeah that's that's when I came around and said, okay, I get this. <laughs> you know, I I say that every time anybody puts on stuff with the E Street Band, and I'm probably gonna get hate mail for this, but like I just I'm like, anytime somebody puts on the E Street Band, I'm like, I don't get it. But when it's one of his acoustic records, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is. And I've I, I've definitely come around. You know, I can listen to Thunder Road as many times as as the next uh, person now. Um, but really more from people comparing me to Springsteen and his lyricism and, and yeah. what he writes about is, is my, right, maybe I should check this guy out finally <laughs> and see what it's, what it's all about. But yeah, yeah, I, he's not bad. That he's, guy. Not a, he's not a bad guy. <laughs> I, I mean, that's where I was going with it is it just like, uh, yeah, lyrically and even like a little stylistically, it, it brought that to mind. But, um, I can also hear the guy Clark and, um, Towns Van Zandt, um, influence in there as well for sure so how long have you been doing this i think you say in this uh one of the songs um you know you were just talking about uh, so you're about 41 or at least you were when you wrote the song oh yeah malin uh yeah it's a little old <laughs> i'm 44 now 44, yeah, yeah i recorded my first album when i was 16 wow uh so i started really taking guitar seriously and taking lessons when i was 13 and wrote the songs that would be on that album when i was you know 15 16 years old and then um put three albums out in all throughout the 90s and and played around quite a bit and then took a little over a 10-year break uh, around 2000 and came back to it um really played my first show again after writing for a couple years in 2014 so about 2004 to 2014 you kind of took a break yeah yep. what uh was it you just put a pause on it 
I think it was my wife and I had met and uh, we were married in, in 2001. And um, I, I knew at the time, um, I mean, I know guys who are on the road close 300 days a year just to yeah. you know, try and put a roof over their head or food on the table for their family. And that still seemed like an adventure back then. But I knew that, you know, after a few years at least, um, we were obviously just got married. We were starting to think about a family and I started thinking about... You know, maybe I'd, I'd like to be home a little bit more. And uh, that that just turned into, I don't know how to do things halfway, really. So the guitars ended up in the closet, and I never really saw them or wrote or, or did anything. I just kind of locked it out of my system. And um, I, I guess 2011 is was when I had uh, the first inkling of a, a song come to me, and I quickly wrote a song for uh, another artist. And uh, he encouraged me to... He's like, I don't know why I ever gave this up. Uh, my buddy John Flynn, who's a great songwriter out of Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, he just said, you need to get back to doing this. You know, this is a great song, and I don't know why I ever gave it up. And so I started writing, and finally I, I figured somebody might as well hear these songs. So I started getting out and playing a little bit more, and luckily a few people remembered me, and and uh, I was able to make a go of it. And then you uh, went to Kerrville. What year? That was 2016. Was the first 2016 was my first time as a, a new folk finalist down at the Kerrville Folk Festival. Yeah, and you and you've been a finalist three years. Three times, yeah. So, so 2016, uh, 2018, and just this past May, 2019. And um, you actually know my old roommate Meg Braun through Kerrville. Is that correct? Uh, we met a few years before uh, Meg was down there uh, in 2016 with me uh, in the new folk class. We met. Um, Probably 2013, I think, at the NERFA conference, the Northeast Regional okay. Folk Alliance, and um, had seen each other a couple times since then. But but we got to know each other real well down in 2016. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems like uh, everybody is kind of like uh, everyone that I know around here is connected through Kerrville because uh, uh, Ben Delacour, who's been on the podcast and is also uh, he's playing some of these shows that I've got coming up with me too. Uh, also was there and you knew him and then yeah we met yeah he won that year. Uh, ah, freaking Delacour. <laughs> Too talented, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody everybody gets theirs, you know. So, Ben, it's go. good. I'm glad that Ben uh, got his, and uh, he's very he is very talented. Uh, yeah, he was actually he was very kind. He reached out to me uh, a couple days after the the winner's announcement was made this year. Yeah, and and said, you know, I hope you're not feeling too down on yourself. You've been there three times in four years, and that's a heck of accomplishment. You're a great writer, and it's true. That was that was awfully sweet. Of guy. So. And you do you know Clint often as well? Yeah, Clint. Yeah, I just saw Clint a couple of weeks ago on his way up to New York. He crashed at my place. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Clint's fantastic man, voice of an angel, and another great songwriter too. So. Very witty. Yeah, he's got yeah. great uh, lines. I made him. We were playing down in New Orleans uh, actually, and I made him play this one song that he hasn't recorded, and. Uh, Every time he plays it, it cracks me up. But it's it's basically the concept is uh, I want someone who, uh, wait, how does it go? I always screw this up, but it's, it's something like uh, I want someone who uh, loves me and just likes Jesus or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like talking about church girls, and it's really funny. He's always really clever with his lyrics as well. Yeah, he's a good one. Um, so what kind of uh, guitar do, are you playing? Uh, my number one is a, a dreadnought. It's it's actually we call it Frogenstein. It's a bit of a, a, a hybrid. The back and sides are uh, an old. I think it's a '55 Guild D50 Bluegrass Special. Okay. Uh, it was a beautiful orange sunburst at one point, 
uh, my very first show when I was a kid was crushed to pieces. The top was totally crushed in. And um, it was my father's instrument at the time, and he, he knew that even even back then it was tough to get rosewood uh, in such a tight grain and such a nice specimen of it. It was starting to be hard to find on guitars. And uh, so he sent it up to Froggy Bottom Guitars, Mike Millard at Froggy Bottom in New Hampshire, who put a new uh, spruce top on it, put a new neck on it, and so now we call it Froggenstein. So how it's half it, guild, half Froggy Bottom. <laughs> how did it break? Yeah, we never found that out. I'm assuming somebody sat on it or stepped on it. I just never told you? Yeah, no, wow. we never found the culprit, but yeah, we, my dad was none too pleased, but luckily he he knew it was worth enough to fix it up and then realized it wasn't worth enough for him to hold on to in his collection, so he handed it on down to me, and it's been with me ever since. And I also have a smaller, um, when, I, when I have the luxury of taking two guitars with me, a, a beautiful Collings, uh, OM42G, uh, made in 2013, that I'm absolutely in love with. Do you play in any open tunings? Is that why you bring two? Or Yeah, well, so what, ever since I got the Collings, it, it almost doesn't matter. I just enjoy having it around so much yeah. uh, that whenever I can, I take it. But yeah, I do a lot of work in open D and dad gad and, and a couple tunings based off of D tunings. Yeah, yeah. I've been working with that. I don't know what you call it. I guess it'd be open D with the... It's like dad gad, but then F sharp instead of the G. Yeah, an open D. Yeah. Open D, yeah. yeah. I've been doing a lot of that, but it, it's... So such a pain in the butt. And I think I've said this before in the podcast to bring two guitars that you're just like, ah, I just won't play those songs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just, uh, eliminate those or try to play them in standard tuning or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I love hearing about, uh, people's guitars there, you know, everybody's all over the place with it, but that's really cool yeah. that your dad, uh, was able to give you such a cherished instrument That's yeah it was great i mean i grew up he he was a collector so i mean there was there was never anything less than like 40 or 50 instruments laying around the house everything from you know uh, old gibsons and and martins to just real he had a thing for like really funky electrics whenever he was in a pawn shop or an instrument store and he saw something that he'd never seen before he'd be like Got all right this cheap japanese or korean whatever no name on the headstock but it's got like, you know, 18 coil taps and 23 pickups and a Vegematic, whatever. <laughs> He'd come home and there'd be another instrument laying around. But real cool stuff to play with when I was growing up. Uh, is he part of the inspiration that you started playing? Or? Yeah, absolutely. He was. He's always involved in uh, the Philadelphia Folk Song Society, which puts on the Philadelphia Folk Festival. You know, from the beginning, he's been going to that, I think, number one, and then got involved... Uh, with the organization a few years before I was born, but yeah, he raised me on a on a steady diet of bluegrass, and Texas and Tennessee troubadours and and great old country western stuff. Um, introduced me to Robert Johnson and and great blues players, everything, and the, the rock and roll side came from my mom. Uh, yeah. Did, was he a songwriter as well, or just mostly a player and collector? He's written every. Uh, he's got a handful of songs, probably an album's worth. You know, I know about a year ago he was like, maybe I should have some talented guy actually play these songs and record them sometime. <laughs> I've no. It's been a long time since I've seen him out of their the spiral notebook that he used to write in. But yeah, every once in a while, more of a collector than a player, but uh, definitely a fan and uh, certainly an aficionado uh, when it comes to bluegrass, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean, were it, were it not for those influence, uh, a, a kid in suburban Philadelphia probably would have never gotten into playing, uh, the, the kind of music that I play. Yeah, I can imagine. That's, uh, that's really cool. I, it always blows my mind whenever, um, people grow up in fam musical families cause I was the, you know, black sheep that like nobody really cared about music very much or, or thought about music or played it. My dad played trumpet and, um, 
like high school and college and that's really it so um it's always interesting and fascinating to me when it's like oh yeah my whole family like we all sing harmony together and like yeah. Yeah, man. No, I was always just trying to get away from the banjo. You know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> where where do I have to run to not hear this thing? <laughs> well, Nashville's the wrong direction to come in. <laughs> well, when it's done well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but as a twelve-year-old, hearing your father play it with a, a set of picks on his hand is like, oh man, what are you doing? <laughs> but I'm very thankful for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, Things you don't time, realize when you're young. That's that's great. Um, so songwriting process this is something i'm always fascinated with uh we talked about this a little bit earlier you know you're on your press run right now uh which doesn't leave you very much time or brain space uh, for you know writing and being creative because you're on the the pushing what you already have created out there yeah. uh, how do you write a song do you set aside time uh for that or does is it just when something's inspired and and is it like a uh comeback and, and tweak and tweak and tweak process or is it like a one-time thing it's you know it's it's a little bit scattered I so I'd always try to be one of those writers who say just this is the discipline you sit down and you wake up whatever time you want to wake up and this is when you are going to write no matter if anything comes out if it's productive if it's not you will write something every day and in my better periods or my more disciplined moments I'm like that um, these days, more often than not, it's just when I get inspired um, by something. I mean, I'm constantly working on it, and I'm constantly scribbling something down in my notebook or, or talking into my phone and getting recording down just for the spark that comes. Um, in terms of completing it, then it's, yeah, it's right now, it's finding the time to say, to sit down. I, I'm, I'm a harsh, harsh editor of myself. Yeah. So sometimes I can have what I know is probably going to be the entire song in some form, but until I go through it with my red pen about 200 times, it's, it's, it's not going to be done. Do you, or do you use your phone or are you mostly just like tactile? You write it down. It depends what I, so I'm, I'm a, I love pen and paper. Um, so, you know, I've, I've got a, you know, just a whole bunch of, you know, really cheap journals that I pick up along the way whenever I see something cool and, and my favorite pen. Um, so wherever I am, you know, whether it's a hotel room or back at home, I'm, I'm filling those things up. If I'm, if I'm in the car and it, it, or a melody comes to me, uh, in my head, I'll, I'll hum into the recorder or just, you know, to make sure I don't crash the car, just, you know, speak a couple lines and say, Oh, this note to self, you know, write a song <laughs> about this. <laughs> Here's the topic. Right. Yeah. Um, do you like for this album, you have 13 songs. Do you go in and you write 13 songs and that's the album or do you have way more? We actually probably went in with about 50 to 60 cuts wow. for this one. Um, Kyle Schwarzwald and I had been um, recording demos um, for a few years. Um, and, and like I said, you know, once I started writing again, it all just started pouring out. The, the dam busted. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we went in like between 50 and 60. Kyle just sent like every track along to Glenn when we knew we were going to track at Morningstar and then cut everything down and kind of paste it out. There's, there's so many different facets of my writing, the stuff that I write down here in Nashville, the stuff yeah. that I write for myself. Um, I had been writing a, a lot about uh, my family, uh, songs for my kids, um, uh, songs for my mom and my grandmother and, and my dad and so like there were definitely themes that we could pick through and say you know maybe the Nashville stuff should be saved for this project and the family can be like a themed uh, record 
And so the goal for Driver was to find uh, enough cuts to make an album that made sense. Yeah. If, if that makes any sense at all. We, we knew we wanted to go for, you know, about 12 tracks or something like that. Got like 12 and a half. That 13th is, <laughs> you know, like a, like a, a two verse songs. Yeah. 46. It's a little bit of a haiku. Um, <laughs> And and so we, we try to put a little bit of everything that I do stylistically while still having it make sense as an album because that's still how, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy and that's how I still like to consume this stuff. I'm the same way and I think that that's what's great about Americana is that it is meant to be uh, consumed as, you still got to have your single, you still got to have driver, you know, driving the record, but um, especially now with all the Spotify crap, it's, it's yeah. you know, you got you to gotta lead it with a single and like, you know, when I did my last record um they added whole albums on the americana charts but now they are singles based was yep. that was that the way it was for you with this yeah well, uh i know breathe I'm, I'm trying to remember the numbers of the charts uh we had a single breathe uh, do really well i can't remember how far it got up and then the album itself was what what broke into the top hundred okay cool that's good to know that they're still doing albums because uh when i i used a guy um Jeff uh, from Marathon Entertainment, and um, he was like, basically, like, they're really getting into the single format now, and uh, they were originally albums, but I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think that most people that are Americana fans consume as albums, and it's really yeah. good to, like... You know, I mean, it, it's interesting. Americana, it, it's such a wonderful format, and obviously I'm a fan of it, but, um, you know, they you, you send out, you know, you send out the record and say, this is what we're pushing, um, you know, the, and they play what they want to play. You yeah, know, they, they'll so listen true. to it, and it's fantastic because you'll come up and be like, "Wow, you know, ten out of thirteen songs are getting play on the radio." If y'all could just pick one, right? Maybe I'd have a top ten. <laughs> so it's true, it, and it, it's it's awesome, and and kind of just drives you crazy at the same time. Yeah, but, but there's so many format shows where they're like, you know, like it, I have a song "High as Willie," and it's like on some like outlaw troubadour yeah format show in like phoenix arizona or something like that and then you know and then one of the other songs is you know it just fits like different themes and i i would say that your your album's like that like you said you wanted to put like all stylistically what you're doing and some of them are way more bluesy some of them more like you know texas troubadour and some of them are to me like a little uh kind of like the driver and uh i can't remember what the other one was but there was a couple that like i was like wow springsteen for sure yeah uh yeah i i definitely got a lot you know folk radio is like well uh, you made an americana record i don't know what to do with this and americana's like you made a folk record i don't know what to do with this <laughs> and then it's people always, be like, it's a little too rock and roll for my taste I'm like, <laughs> yeah yeah i know that that's always the problem in on the road too it's like uh you you try to book it like a honky-tonk like country place and they're like this isn't country and then you go to like a folk place and they're like this is country you can't be here and you're like come on man <laughs> where where's the place we're supposed to play when we're like in between all that <laughs> thank goodness for americana yeah there thank goodness go. for americana that's true uh do you have any showcases at americana fest uh no we're just coming down to shake some hands and generate a little bit of buzz you know yeah uh try and uh line up some you know like industry showcases outside right. of yeah, the, yeah. the venues and stuff i'm we'll be coming down with my manager and we'll see what happens i've, n I've never been to the conference and uh, i'm looking forward to it it so. is one of the best experiences i mean it, you'll be brain dead by the end of it but i'm sure <laughs> uh it's it's so great it's such it's one of my favorite you know i love folk alliance as well and um I haven't been to like Surfa or any of the other uh, conferences, uh, but 
yeah, I think that Americana Fest is something I look forward to every single year. It's just so great. There's so many wonderful people here, and and like you, you can't see enough good music. It's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it for, for like sure. eighty bucks for a wristband. You know? Yeah, yeah. there you go, man. That's it. There you go. But uh, yeah, that's that's exciting. But you are going to Folk Alliance as well. Yep. And uh, you said the Northern. Yeah, I'll be at uh, Southwest in September. Uh, the Midwest in um, October, uh, Northeast <laughs> in November, and down in New Orleans for the big one in in, uh, in January, right? Yeah, yeah, January, yep. the end of January. Um, I'm excited for the New Orleans one because obviously, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so it's going to be uh, great to be able to be in, you know, my my home turf and yeah. be able to yeah. I always say what cracks me up about all these conferences you go to is people's people whenever I get back I'll because I go to the one uh, Southwest in Austin I've been going to for the last several years now and everybody's like oh Austin's such a great town and it is but I spend the entire time in a yeah, holiday in yeah. you know <laughs> like, yeah like, you're not seeing it at all <laughs> yeah so well what's great yeah. about that for me is that like I'll be there already so then I just when I'm done I'm like calling all my friends to hang out you nice. know, and maybe playing a couple other gigs along the way. So it'll be great. Um, I did want to ask you about, I don't know anything. I've never been to uh, Philadelphia at all. What is the scene like there? Is there like a, a really good Americana scene? Uh, is it? We've got a really, uh, a very strong, um, yeah, I would call it Americana scene, like or a roots music scene. Yeah, songwriting, I, you know, I mean, the guys, they're some fantastic artists, and, and it's a real enmeshed, tight-knit community, and everybody plays with everybody. Um, some great bands going on, and they're definitely writing their own songs. In terms of, you know, songs that sound anything like what I do, there's there's probably only maybe like three to five that's people, great for you. People yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, if you know, my ma my manager keeps saying it's fantastic. The offers come in because if they want somebody to open for so and so, yeah, uh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna get it. Um, but the overall acoustic scene is fantastic. Really exciting stuff, and and uh, good to see some some younger kids come and doing some really really cool stuff together. Uh, Straybirds, Maya Devitri, and all them. That they're they were yeah familiar, originally right? out of uh, Lancaster County, oh, I'm Pennsylvania, sorry. which okay. is which uh, about forty five minutes from from the city probably. Yeah, yeah but, they're yeah. all down here now, but yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're, I listen to their records all the time. They're really good. Yeah, they're well. great. Nashville stole him away. <laughs> when, when are we stealing you over here? <laughs> oh, it probably wouldn't take that much arm twisting. I mean, I, sp I spend probably about uh, probably a month out of the year down here on, on usually like four or five trips, anywhere from, you know, just a long weekend to, uh, to a week or so. Um, I'd always love being in Nashville. I mean, it, as somebody coming from Philly with the greatest scene as it is, to be able to come down and hear people, you know, in any cafe or listening room obviously influenced by the same people that i am and doing it at such a high caliber and the players as well yeah you know um it's it's obviously a great place to come and get inspired it really is yeah and what's great too is that like you know um <clears throat> when you're in a, a smaller scene and people are doing things and it's different from you and you're like that's cool they're all right or whatever but like here even like you know, I'll play some shows with people where it's just like, that is just not my cup of tea, but holy crap, they're good at it. Yeah. You know, it's just like everyone is so good at what they do here. 
And uh, that's always inspiring too, just like seeing someone like killing it in like a reggae band that, you know, I'm not a fan of that or whatever they're doing, you know, where you're just like, this is amazing. And I can appreciate it for the talent that they're doing. And uh, that is always inspiring for sure to just see everyone like really getting it here for sure. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's so you said there is like a pretty decent Americana scene and uh, it's kind of, I guess, gr- n- sort of growing songwriter scene or, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's there's it, it just kind of comes and goes when I when I was first coming up, there was a really, really strong singer songwriter scene. Um, Susan Warner um, uh, was about to break in the early 90s and, and folks like Ben Arnold and Joseph Parsons. Um, Bet Williams, myself, John Flynn was, uh, you know, he's not far from Philly um, in, in Wilmington now, so still very much part of the scene. Um, and then it was real strong all throughout the 90s, and, and I don't know whether it was just kind of, you know, I put it away when I wasn't playing. It, it seemed to kind of disappear, you know, probably, you know, there was the great singer-songwriter boom in the 90s period yeah. in the Northeast Corridor, everywhere from Asheville to to Boston. Um and then it just kind of, you know, slowly fizzled out, and we're we're trying to make heroes on that scene again, and hopefully we will one day. But I, I think, you know, Philly's just getting more of the, you know, cross between old time and bluegrass and rock and roll, and what can, how much noise can we make on these acoustic instruments, kind of thing, which is fantastic, and and they're doing it really well, and it's and it's a fun scene. Um, but like I said, you know, for a guy who, who wants to write a, a song like wonder that I was talking about earlier, it's kind of like, all right, yeah. where's, where's the meat? <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer, um, you know, the more intimate listening rooms with your acoustic or the full band stuff more or just, you know, everything's, I guess. Oh, I, I love it both. I mean, I, there's just absolutely nothing like being up there and, and living the dream, like I said, with a Telecaster strapped on and, yeah. and an amp turned up and, and all the guys just, you know, when everything's clicking and we're having a good time. Um, but I do I do cherish the opportunities to get in real small rooms, um, in, in house concerts even, yeah. um, you know, with no sound system or nothing in between you and the audience where it's so intimate that you can just sit there and talk about the songs. And, and get them across and then to be able to pull off and make it as dynamic as I want without you know annoying my drummer too much by you know little pauses or, or whatever I want to do changing the tempo ever so slightly just to kind of hit a point that's a craft in and of itself too because being able to do a full band thing is like such a different beast than just doing it on your own and be able to do both really well is is that's a, a feat in and of itself I've been uh practicing with my band and we mentioned Ben earlier Ben's playing uh lead guitar for me on these upcoming runs and uh, nice. uh Stephen Dunn who's been on the podcast is playing bass and then my roommate uh Tim Curse is playing drums and like just the the, the feel or even with uh the Rayo brothers played on my record and um they just the feel of the power behind it you know and yeah. like the the dynamics that you do on your own like are amplified so much if you get a really good band behind you and yeah yeah the boneyard has honestly like you know i i'm just so lucky that they let me sing in front of them every once in a while they're they're just such talented musicians uh, on their own um and tom mcgettis uh it plays with some uh, other great songwriters like craig bickart lizanne not um, back at home and he's just one of those drummers he's just always in the pocket but he knows 
the importance of what a songwriter is doing. He knows to always be behind and underneath the lyrics and let the story come through no matter how loud a song it is. That's important, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'd love to hear, would you like to play Wonder for us? Yeah, I can do that. That'd be great. Absolutely. Let's hear that. This used to be a town The crumbling factories, the broken homes Now when I walk around I pretend that they're the ruins of Rome I'm on the honeymoon, we still ain't been home yet And just like that, I'm back at our front step And I wonder where you are Now lately you come home Later and later every night And I know you're not alone I'm too scared to ask you why You sneak up the steps Looking on the kids And in the dark undress And slip on into bed And wonder if I'm up My life is like I'm reading Some old mystery Eyes tired, I cannot read the text. So I turn out the light and close my eyes and try to sleep and wonder what comes next. Monday mornings on skids. Take the charger to the shop You've had that car since we were kids Used to try to outrun the cops And in the parking lot behind the AMP We made love for the first time in the back seat Now I wonder what she's got left We had it all figured out When all we ever had were dreams A couple kids and a house We had it all or so it seemed Playing high school ball Working for your dad I guess those dreams were all We ever really had And I wonder Is this all My life is like I'm reading some old mystery My eyes are tired I cannot read the text 
turn out the light and close my eyes and try to sleep and wonder what comes next these days they pull me and they pull me under and i'm staring at these trains all headed west my heart begins to pound just like thunder and I wonder what comes next <laughs> can't win <laughs> Well, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, and again, I apologize for the computer crash situation uh, that has happened. But uh, we'll be putting out in a couple more weeks um, one with Laura May Socks. So uh, stick around and um, we'll be getting you some more stuff. In the meantime, I just started um, uh, a playlist for AmericanaHighways.org, which I'm really excited about. It's called The Backroads Playlist. Um, you can find it on my uh page on Spotify, Will Payne Harrison, or uh, just search for Americana Highways Backroad Playlist. It should come up. Um, and I'll be uh, updating that monthly, thanks to uh, Melissa at AmericanaHighways.org. Um, so yeah, stick around, and in a couple of weeks, we'll have Laura Mae Socks, and we'll be talking about her new record, which uh, is amazing, and if you haven't checked it out, uh, do so now, so uh, you'll know what we're talking about whenever um, we get to that episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you uh, click subscribe, like, and uh, give us a little five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, whatever your preferred method of uh, podcasting is. And until we come back, I will see you soon.